Well, hey, great to be with you this morning. So, <clears throat> it is Mother's Day, and um, excited about what the Lord has uh, for us. Uh, today, I'm going to be talking about a woman's glory, a woman's glory. Let me pray for us one more time, and we'll get started. King Jesus, Lord, uh, you, you are our, our living hope, Lord, that no matter, what we, no matter what we face in life, Lord, no matter the challenges we face, even that greatest challenge of, of death itself, Lord, in you we know that death does not have the last word. And so, Lord, even this day, Lord, even, the, even this Mother's Day, Lord, as um, we think of maybe mothers that we've lost or, or children that we've lost, Lord, we cling to that hope, the living hope that you have risen from the grave. And so, Lord, one day we too shall rise to that living hope, that everlasting life, Lord, which belongs to all those who trust in you. And so, Lord Jesus, today we're looking to you. Open our hearts and open our minds to your word. Open our hearts and minds to um, uh, this wonderful truth, God, of, of, of how you've created uh, humanity, male and female, and the beauty and wonder that that, that is, Lord. And, and let us not forget it, and let us not be ashamed of it, Lord, as we uh, live and wait for you. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So we are talking about a woman's glory. If you have a Bible with you, let me invite you to turn to Genesis chapter 1. That should be on page 1 in your Bibles. And um, uh, if you don't have a Bible, there should be one in the back of the pew uh, in front of you. If you don't have a Bible, uh, you're welcome to take that one home with you. That's our gift to you. Uh, so it is Mother's Day, and, and as I mentioned, um, you know, Mother's Day is, is a day often that's full of emotion, uh, sometimes joy and sometimes grief. Uh, we shouldn't be surprised by that. We live in a, we live in a fallen, broken world that bears uh, both the marks of goodness, right? So when God created the world, uh, he looked at everything that he made, and he said, behold, it is very good, right? And so it bears the marks of goodness in this world, but the world also bears the marks of, of brokenness, right? That entered the world due to sin. Um, and and as, I was, as I was reflecting on, on what I could share about mothers, it, it occurred to me that uh, this message uh, doesn't just apply to, to, to mothers generally, but, but women in particular. Uh, biblically, the male-female distinction is a good thing. It's a beautiful part of God's created order, and uh, that is, that is uh, somewhat doubted today, somewhat uh, challenged today. But we as Christians, uh, two things, right? We, we, shouldn't be, we shouldn't be calloused or hard-hearted towards those who we would say are confused about this issue. But at the same time, we shouldn't be ashamed of the way that God designed the humanity to be and the way that he designed us to be. Um, and that is seen in a very special way in mothers. And so as we think about that today... Uh, we're going to go back to the very beginning. We're going to go back to the book of Genesis. We're going to see how God created things. And I think when we, when we look there, what we're going to see is a woman's glory. A woman's glory. From Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 25. If you're able and willing, let me invite you to stand in honor of the reading of God's word. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 25. It says, God, uh, And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds. And everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. 
Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then if you jump down to chapter 2, verse 15, uh, chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heaven and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not a, a helper, uh, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed uh, up its place with flesh, and the, rib, uh, and the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. The word of God. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Okay, so what are we going to see this morning? Number one, we're going to see that women bear the glory of the divine image. Women bear the glory of the divine image. Number two, we're going to see that women help spread the glory of the divine image. Women help spread the glory of the divine image. And then number three, women multiply the glory of the divine image. Women multiply the glory of the divine image. First, we see that women bear the glory of the divine image. In chapter 1, verse 27, it says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So this is a, this is a, this is a core teaching of Christianity and of the Bible that humanity, being comprised of both male and female, uh, means that both men and women equally bear the image of God. So both men and women equally bear the image of God. So in the same breath that Moses is writing Genesis, he moves from how God created humanity in his own image to how he created us male and female, right? That's what it says, right? Uh, again, verse 27, in the image of God, uh, God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them, okay? So in other words, there seems to be a tight connection between the fact that that we as humanity are made in God's image and the fact uh, that God created us male and female. Those two facts are tied closely together, right? So in other words, right, God could have made just a man and said, there's my image. Or good God could have made just a woman and said, there's my image. But God didn't do that, right? He created a man and woman and looked at them both at the same time and said, there's my image, right? So in other words, the, 
the male-female distinction as created by God are both necessary and important parts of, of the image bearing so that not man alone and not woman alone, but, but male and female together, distinctly male and female, but, but at the same time together, bear the image of God in a special way, right? There are some things about God displayed more obviously in women than in men. Can I get a witness, all right? And there are some things about God displayed more obviously in men than in women. So we should not be surprised, right, that an all-powerful, eternal, omnipotent, triune being uh, needs uh, a little bit more complex image bearer than we might anticipate, right? Uh, but God in his wisdom has created humanity, both male and female, together to bear his image. That those, those distinct gender differences together display the image of God in a more fitting way than, than uh, any of us could do alone, right? And so, in other words, right, as, uh, as mundane as it might sound, um, sometimes you have to state the obvious, and that is it is a good and beautiful and wonderful thing to be a woman. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I don't know that from experience, but I can say that biblically, right? I can say that 100% biblically, no reservations, that if you are a woman, God is, you are exactly the way God wanted you to be, all right? And that's a wonderful thing, right? Um, it, it, God has built it into humanity. He has built it into the genetic code that some would be male and some will be female. And so it's not a problem that needs to be fixed. It's not an abnormality that needs to be corrected. Um, if God made you female, that's exactly who God wants you to be. And that's a beautiful thing. And that's a good thing. And that's a wonderful thing, right? Um, so when God created uh, people, he created the male and female. Uh, and remember, right, we can never forget that when God created everything, it says there in Genesis, right, that he looked over all that he had made, and he said, behold, it is very good, right? So, like, God didn't make a mistake, right? God didn't finish everything that he made and then look back on it and like, whoops, I messed up, you know? He, made, he, made, he looked at everything that he made, and he said, behold, it is very good. It is good. And so, and so you know, we live in a day where this isn't as obvious to everybody, all right? And so we need to treat people, and I would say, especially young people who are sincerely, sincerely confused about this, with compassion, all right? And we have to acknowledge, too, that, you know, let's just be honest, right? Uh, there are some in society who, you know, maybe even with the best of intentions, but in their minds, right, but they're, they're putting a question mark where God has put a period, okay? And we, we can't be surprised when, when children, which by the way, like I have children, uh, you know, I have, I have a fair number of children, okay, and, and, um, and one more on the way, right? But, but, but here's the thing about children, right? I love children. Um, children are very easily influenced, very easily influenced, right? I could almost, if I wanted to, I could almost make my child believe anything I wanted them to believe, right? And so, and so, but what does, the fifth, what does that first human interpersonal commandment say? The Bible commands children to honor their father and their mother. What does it mean? It means the, that, what does it mean? It means the parents have the responsibility in the fear of God, right, to, to train and teach their children what is right, right? So in other words, it is our responsibility as children to lead our children in what is right, right? And so part of that means we don't put a question mark where God put a period. We don't let... We, 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 we lead our children in what is right. We don't, we, don't, uh, we don't try to put on them. Again, I think some people 
they, they don't understand, I don't think, what they're doing, but they're, they're, they're putting a, a, an unbelievably weighty question on a child that has no capacity to comprehend the weight of the decision they're making, right? God has created us good, and he's created us distinctly male and female, and that is a beautiful, and that is a wonderful thing. And so we should embrace that and love that and, 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 and cherish that, right? Women bear the glory of the divine image. So if you're, if, you know, we, my, we, we have some, we have this uh, uh, kids music that our children listen to, and there's a song that I think is wonderful, and it's like, uh, you know, and the, the kids are saying, God made us boy, God made us girl, and the, and the song goes, and that's exactly the way God wanted you to be, and it's a wonderful thing, and so male and female, so God created it this way, so that what? So that male and female together and only together can display the full beauty of the image of God. So number one is that women bear the glory of the divine image. Number two is that women help spread, the, help spread the glory of the divine image, right? So part of the beauty of God's design is that as men and women, we're both different and the same at the same time. Can I get a witness? All right? You having a conversation with your spouse, and she says something, all right, and you're just like, you know, you, you, you're not even thinking on the same wavelengths, all right? It's like you're speaking two different languages. You know what I'm talking about, all right? It, but we're both humans, right? So we're in so many ways alike, but in many ways we're different too. Well, guess what? That's not a bad thing, right? You know, different doesn't mean better or worse. Different just means different, right? God made Eve out of Adam's rib, out of his side, right? And a uh, 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 famous Puritan commentator, Matthew Henry, uh, wrote this in his commentary on Genesis. He says that, he says, quote, that the woman was made of a rib out of the side of Adam and not, out of, uh, not made out of his head to rule over him, nor out of his feet to be trampled upon by him, but out of his side to be equal with him, under his arm to be protected, and near his heart to be beloved. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing how God created us same but different, Right? It's a wonderful thing, right? And in addition to sharing the divine image, it means being a woman means sharing in the divine commission, right? What did God made Adam and Eve, and what he gave them a job to do, right? He said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, right? And, and, and again, right, we, we talk about this a lot because it's so important, right? What, what's God asking them to do? Well, he's saying what? He's saying, you're my image bearers. You are beautifully and wonderfully represent me in a way that literally nothing else in all creation does. It, ne it never says angels were made in the image of God, only humanity, right? And he's saying, fill my earth with my image. The earth, it, literally, I mean, it's basically implying, right, that the earth was made for us so that we could fill the earth with the image of God, all right, and the, and the image and the glory of God, right? And so the world was made for us, and we were made to spread the image of God throughout the whole world. Uh, so whenever a child is born, another image bearer of God Almighty enters the world. That's a wonderful thing. That's a beautiful thing, right? The, that job, the job that God created us to do, and what does it mean? It means the job that God created us to do cannot be filled just by men or just by women alone, right? That's just, that's just reality, right? God designed it so that a woman needs a man or a man needs a woman, and only together they can be fruitful and multiply and fulfill the purpose for which they were made, right? You know, um, I mean, some of y'all will remember this better than I do because I wasn't born yet. <laughs> but, um, but there was a time, right, where people were, were going, there was like a, 
they, they said, people were saying that the world was going to be in a population crisis. Y'all remember that? All right? And, and so China instituted this one-child policy, all right, and all that stuff was happening around that time, right? Because they thought that the world was going to become overpopulated and that we were all going to die, right? And so there was that aspect of it. There's another aspect of it that happened um, in the in late of last century, all right, where somewhere along the way, and you guys know what I'm talking about, somewhere along the way, all right, children began to be framed as as more of a burden to life than a blessing to life. Am I wrong? Right? Somewhere along the way, that began to happen, all right? Where, where and, and I mean, like, I, I, I get it. I was thinking about this, y'all. Um, I, I've told this before, but, you know, in high school, I took home economics because it was the only class you got to eat in. I'm not as dumb as I look, okay? And, uh, but, but part of that class, right, but part of that class was, like, they made the, the girls carry around this fake baby. Y- y'all know what I'm talking about? Because it was supposed to, it was supposed to help them, uh, you know, learn what it was like to take care of a baby because, uh, you know, um, uh, surprise alert, uh, it's a lot of work taking care of a baby, all right? But, and so, I mean, so, like, I, I get it, right, but maybe unbeknownst to uh, or maybe uh, though we were well-intentioned, right, about what we were doing, maybe we unwittingly communicated that children are a burden to your life rather than a blessing. Because, yes, child-rearing is hard, but guess what? Everything in life that is worthwhile is hard. Everything. You can't get the blessing of children if you don't bear with the little bit of burden of caring for them. But you know what? My children add unbelievable joy and just beauty to my life, all right? And I'm sure yours do too. And so that's the point, right? That, that children are a blessing, right, and not a burden, right? And so it's a good thing, but, but somehow between all this stuff that was happening around the world, right, we, we thought that, that we were going to have this overpopulation crisis. But what's, you know what's interesting, and a lot of people don't know this, that we're, 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 we're very close to facing uh, the opposite catastrophe. Did you know that? We're, all, we're relatively close to facing an underpopulation crisis, all right? The, every, so the replacement rate for human beings, right, is you've you got to have 2.1 babies. I don't know how you have 0.1 baby, but you know what I'm talking about. 2.1 babies as a replacement rate per, per pair, per human pair, right, per male-female male, pair in a society, right? Because if you don't have two point, you know, two people got to have two babies to replace themselves or what happens? Or over time, right, the population begins to decrease, right? And not only that, but the average age of the population begins to increase because you're not adding enough young people at the, at the bottom end as, as the other people begin to age, right? And so what, but what happens over a long period of time, over a long period of time when the society isn't reproducing at the replacement rate? Well, your, your population begins to age, and then you have generations that come up where you don't have enough people to actually work within the society to maintain the systems that the soci- on which the society is built. You don't have enough people to work in the hospitals. You don't have enough people to work in the different parts that the, keep the infrastructure you know, of, of, of the country working. In fact, this year, um, the, the, the country of Japan, which is one of the most modern, advanced countries in the world, right, and also has had one of the lowest birth rates in the world for a long time now. The Prime Minister, um, the Prime Minister of Japan 
said, quote, they were, that said they were on, quote, the brink of, of, of not being able to maintain social functions within their country. And he added that it was now or never to solve the problem. What's, my, what's the point? The point is, is that God knows how humanity works. God knows how humanity works, right? And, that, and, it, and it also means this, that being a mother isn't a mundane sacrificing your true potential kind of thing. I just want to say being a mother is one of the greatest things you could ever do with your life. If, if you, you know, if you were, I mean, I, I, again, I'm not trying to say you have to be a mother. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that either. But I'm just trying to say to push back against a narrative that I do think is, in, is out there. And, I, and, and if you are a mother, I just want to tell you with, with, with joy and hope and confidence, if you are a mother, if all you did your entire life was raise up a God-fearing, faithful, uh, uh, servant person to contribute to another, uh, another servant leader in the world who's going to exalt Christ and help other people and, and, and commit their lives to make the world a better place, right? If that's all you did, you did an incredible thing for God and for the world. And only God can know the impact that you did from, from, from raising children in the fear of God. And, and in so doing, we multiply the divine image. So number one, women bear the glory of the divine image. Number two, women help spread the glory of the divine image. And then number three, uh, or, 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 or number two, women help spread the glory of the divine image. And number three, women multiply the glory of the divine image. Okay, so what have we seen so far, right? We've seen that, uh, that the male-female, uh, man-woman distinction isn't a small thing. It's part of God's design to have a different but complementary human pair, all right, uh, that together represent him in a special way and fulfill the purpose for which he created him to spread the image of his glory throughout all the earth all right but we know of course that the way god created it to be it didn't always stay, it didn't stay that way right <clears throat> that we live in quite a mess of the world and that's because we know because of sin right everything was in perfect harmony until adam and eve rebelled against god right and sin entered through the world and through sin, and through sin came death right and everything became broken uh, our, our, our hearts became broken. They don't work correctly. Our relationships become broken. Our relationships with one another. And then, worst of all, our relationship with God became broken, right? And not only that, but the, the, <clears throat> the created order, right, which was made for us, right, the Bible teaches what it, it, it fell, it became broken along with us, right? So things that, once, that weren't supposed to be hard now all of a sudden become hard, right? right? We get diseases. We get sick, all right? Um, uh, particularly, right, uh, the pain in childbearing uh, increased dramatically for women. Uh, the, the work of the man that he was supposed to do uh, became hard and laborious, all right? And, and, and instead of the ground producing fruit freely as it did before, right, it now produces thorns and thistles, and you have to wrestle and fight it to make it work, all right? And sometimes you can work on something for a long time, and it just doesn't, and, and, and it doesn't work out, right? And it's just frustrating. That's part of the brokenness of the world. But God said... It, that it wouldn't always be this way, right? In the very first promise in the Bible, in Genesis 3.15, if you still have your Bibles open, it says there, it should be up on the screen, it says that he was talking to Satan, and he said, uh, it, God was talking to Satan at this point, and he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel, right? So, so now think about that verse, right? Think about that. God is going to... He's going, to, he's going 
to do something to fix the problem of sin in the world. But what is, how is he going to do it? He's going to do it through an offspring. In other words, one day would come, you guessed it, a baby. A baby would come to do what? To fix the problem of sin. Uh, to fix the problem of sin. Let me show you this picture here. Uh, this, is, um, this is one of my absolute favorite pictures. It shows up around Christmas time a lot. But, but this is one of my favorite pictures because it shows, I believe, it tells the story of the gospel from a uniquely feminine perspective. All right? That what do you have? You have Eve here, right? And what is she? She's holding this fruit in her hand, right? And she's, she's ashamed, right? She, she has done what God has told her not to do, right? She has, uh, she has rebelled against God, and she's brought sin and brokenness and shame into the world through her rebellion against God. And yet, opposite her is a young lady named Mary. And Mary is what? What is she doing to Eve? Mary is consoling Eve. Because what? Because Mary is expecting. Because Mary's baby is going to fix the problem that Eve brought into the world. And by the way, we're all offspring of Eve. So Jesus is Eve's great, 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 great grandson. But what is, but what is he going to do? He's going to fix the problem that his very first mother helped bring into the world. What is that? That's called Redemption. That's called we all bring our sins and brokenness and problem into the world, but Jesus, the baby, was born to become a man, to bring redemption, to redeem our brokenness, to fix our problems, to fix the mess that we brought into the world. That's the baby that was born that day, right? As, that, as one of my favorite songs, even though it's a Christmas song, it's still like one of my all-time favorite songs, says, says, mild he lays his glory by. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth, right? Just as sin broke everything, and one of its effects being the pain in childbearing, Jesus heals everything because through the bearing of a child, God's going to redeem the fallenness and brokenness of this world. And that turns everything on its head, doesn't it? It, it turns the tides of humanity forever, right? Remember, we said that in the beginning, right, God made hu humans to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth with the image of God. So that's the end game. That's the end game, right? But you know, even though we're made in the image of God, because of our sin and brokenness, right, we don't reflect the glory of God as we ought to. I, I don't. Not, none of us do, right? We don't reflect the beauty and the glory and the image of God exactly as we ought to. The image of God has been marred and been distorted because of our sin, right? But this baby who was born, Jesus, in Colossians 1.15, says that he was the image of the invisible God, right? So that now, through Jesus, when we turn to, when we turn to God in faith, when we turn from our sins in surrender, and we exercise faith and trust in Jesus, the, the promised redeemer of our sin— right? The Bible says that we are, we are born again, born to raise the sons of earth, born, uh, born to give them second birth, right? When we are reborn into the image of God, we are, we are remade. That image of God within us that has been marred and distorted by sin, it gets, it gets fixed. God restores us back to the image of God as we were originally made to be, right? And so in Jesus then, 
In Jesus, this changes things because in Jesus, the birth that matters most isn't the first birth, but the second. The birth that matters most isn't the first birth, but the second, right? The great tragedy of anyone would be to be born once, but not twice. To be born into rebellion, but not reborn into forgiveness and salvation and transformation by the power of the Spirit, right? And so it's the second birth that matters the most. It's the second birth that matters the most. And it requires motherhood, not in the biological sense, but it requires motherhood in the spiritual sense. In the spiritual sense, right? Not everyone in God's sovereign providence, and I know this is a hard thing, but not everyone will be a biological mother. But everybody can be a spiritual mother. When we point others to Jesus Christ, when we love other people in Jesus' name, when we show people the love of God that Jesus Christ has shown us when we don't deserve it, and we show that same love to other people, we can become spiritual mothers, spiritual fathers to other people. And we can become, and, and, when we, and, that, and that's what, in that passage that I read at the beginning of the service, right? Paul literally calls Timothy his child in the faith, right? We can have children that are, that, that are, that are tighter, you know, that, that, that are even tighter than flesh and blood, right? And so that's what he's talking about here. What greater thing can you possibly devote your life to than building the future of the kingdom of God by raising not just physical children but spiritual children, by teaching them to be people who love and self-sacrifice, people of integrity and hard work? And so some people, as I've said, speak uh, that more children will add more burden to the world. But Jesus proves, hear me now, Jesus proves that a child doesn't have to be a burden giver. A child can be a burden lifter. Let me tell you something. The world is a much better place because Jesus was born. And you know what else is true? The same exact thing should be able to be said of every child. And especially every child of Jesus Christ, right? It should be able to be said, the world is a better place because they were born. So when we think about children, when we think about our own children, when we think about future children, all right, we should be able to look at each one and say, you know what? You know, this child isn't going to contribute to the problems of the world. This child is going to help lift the problems of the world. So as we're building our homes, as we're building our families, as we're building our churches, we should look at every child with the unbelievable potential that God has for them to be burden lifters like Jesus was for us. To say, you know what? Because this child was born, the world is going to be a better, more fuller, more wonderful, more beautiful place. That is, the, that is what it means to be made in the image of God. That is the gift of every child, and that is a part of the wonderful things that it means to be a mother. So what do we see? Women bear the glory of the divine image. Women help spread the glory of the divine image. And women multiply the glory of the divine image. So as we close this, uh, this morning, I just extend this invitation to you. You were born. Whatever time you were born in. To, to, to be a burden lifter in the world. Through Jesus Christ. And if you've experienced the first birth, we rejoice with you in that. But we want to rejoice with you even more for you to have experienced the second birth.
the rebirth through the, through the promised born one, Jesus Christ, who takes, who takes the mess of our lives and our sins. I remember, I remember the mess that I was, in many ways still am, but, I was, but God rebirthed me, and, he, and if you know Christ, he's rebirthed you, and he's changed you, and he's made you into more of the divine image to be who there's no way I could have become on my own. It's a gift from God by the Holy Spirit, the second birth, when you receive Jesus Christ. And I pray you'll receive it today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, what we're just amazed this morning. We're amazed at your wisdom. We're amazed at your beauty. We're amazed at your glory, Lord, that you would make humanity, male and female, that you would make us, of all your creatures, bearers of the divine image, that you would build into this human life something as remarkable and beautiful as, as childbearing, as, as uh, image of God producing, as, as, as the privilege of, of, of being a mother of contributing God to the world, uh, the next generation who will be burden lifters, Lord, for you. So, Lord, what, what, a, what a privilege it is this morning to, to, to think about um, a, woman's, a woman's glory, Lord. And so, Lord, I, I, we, we submit this day to you, Lord. I pray that every, every heart, Lord, every, every woman's heart is just full, full of your love for them, and, and of awe and wonder at your design for them, that calling, Lord, not even necessarily to be biological mothers, but to be spiritual mothers. Lord, the greatest, one of the greatest privileges on earth, Lord, to share in the, in the life, not just life, but eternal life of other people. So we're grateful for our mothers this morning. Lord, uh, we're grateful for the women in our lives this morning. And we ask your special blessing upon them uh, today. Lord, we love you and we praise you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name.